Hi again, everyone. Welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast number 113 as we continue down our road. And the abbreviated Major League Baseball season has come to the trading deadline. And for like the fifth straight year, the Cleveland Indians are active. And they made the big trade today where they did. It has been rumored for the last couple weeks that Clevenger would be on the market. And they have pulled the trigger with San Diego, here's a big surprise, huh? <laughs> Tim, it seems like every year or every other year, the Indians and Flyers are swinging a deal, isn't it? It's the last three years in a row, going back to 2018 with Brad Hand and Alan Simber. Last year with Fermil Reyes, Logan Allen, and Victor Nova. And this year's haul from the San Diego Padres farm system was Austin Hedges, Josh Naylor, El Quintrell, Gabriel Arias, Joey Cantillo, and Owen Miller. In the process, the Indians also traded Greg Allen and a player to be named, to be more mm-hmm. accurate about what's going on. But the player everyone is going to talk about and what it was all based around was a starting pitcher named Mike Clevenger. Yeah, I. Uh, if you go back and listen to the podcast we did two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, I've made mention. I said it would not shock me one bit if Mike Clevenger would be on the move come trade deadline after him seeming to fall out of the uh, good graces with the Indians and being a valuable commodity that is under control for the next couple of years for the Padres. Um, when you look at it, Tim, this deal makes a lot of sense for both sides. You know, people want to talk about, oh, the Indians won the trade or the Padres won the trade. Maybe both teams won the trade. I mean, it, you can't tell today. You won't be able to tell next week or even the end of this year. But maybe both teams won the deal. I like, honestly, the Padres get the, their idea of the front of line starter. When Mike Clevenger is healthy and on the field, he's as good as anybody in baseball. Um, speedy outfielder, probably a defense replacement in Greg Allen. Uh, he fits the National League game, I think, more than the American League. Yeah, it but, doesn't matter anymore. I don't um, know if there's a difference between the American and National League now that they both have the DH. Um, but I get it. Uh, I thought the Indians overall did well. Yeah, uh, would you get six players back for a guy and a half, basically. I yeah, mean, two guys. You know, yeah. two, three guys. They, here's... I mean, obviously, the player to be named later is already in a pool of three or yes. four players, mm-hmm. and it's up to them to decide by X amount of time which mm-hmm. one they want. And the Indians are okay with any of those mm-hmm. uh, in that pool that are going to be used. Answer the question earlier, I didn't expect it when the season began that the Indians be active this time of the year. Now, why did I say that? It's just because I didn't mm-hmm. know if you could find value in a short season for a player, any player. Mm-hmm. Uh and with no minor leagues going on, no evaluations going on, you're going on last year's evaluations, mm-hmm. you're going on uh, information the other team is Sending giving you, up. and even in that information is suspect because no one's alternative site is playing games. Mm-hmm. They're playing simulated games and stuff like that. So it's And there's no one there, there's no scouts available to evaluate these players. So you're going on records and what they did during any type of inter-squad game earlier this year, and, and uh, obviously information you had. Uh, the Indians did pick up uh, Josh Naylor for the outfield, mm-hmm. and he, of course, now joins his brother Bo in the organization. Yes, yes. And now I believe the Cleveland Indians lead the, the entire major leagues in Canadian-born players, because wasn't uh, Bowers also a Canadian-born player? Um. I'm not sure if he was or not. I think he is. I could be wrong. I think there is one more player on the Indians. It's from uh, Indians organization from Canada. And 
I like the move of Naylor for the sheer fact of he can play first base also. So you can give Santana a breather when you need to. There's really not a guy right now that you can put at first base to give Santana that breather. Um, so I like that. Um, you know, 278. Um, you know, it's tough to tell because... Uh, but they needed an outfield worth experience. Naylor has that. Uh, Roy liked the addition of Cal Quantrill, reliever this year. He started last year for the Padres. Uh, sub-3 ERA this year. Not bad. Um Austin Hedges, he's a good defensive catcher. Offensively, he's not going to give you very much. The question is, does he play this year? Sure. I mean, you have 28 players. You think Sandy Leone is... You you do. Yeah, here's the thing. Unlike other years, you have 28 men roster. So do you think they're going to carry three catchers? They are. They did not release Leone Leone today. They released... Santana, uh, yeah. Yeah, Domingo Santana. So that tells you everything they needed to know. Uh, Obviously, they're going to play Naylor in the outfield every day the rest of the year, or at least for the next, you know, foreseeable two, three yeah. weeks, and then go from there. I, I imagine he will be the left fielder the rest of the way through. Guy has a, a tremendous upside. Yeah. Uh, there is a lot of talk uh, when he was drafted a few years mm-hmm. back. Uh, this is a guy uh, the Indians were interested in for mm-hmm. a long time, and obviously they they scouted him and. Uh, they know about him through the family, mm-hmm. obviously. And this will be really interesting to see going forward what the Indians do with the catching position in the next three to five years when um, his younger brother, Bo, arrives mm-hmm. to uh, Cleveland potentially. Or yeah. who knows what will happen. I mean, as everybody knows, and uh, you know, everybody's available in the Cleveland Indians organization at any time. But, yeah, the Indians, like I said, you got to love it. They made three trades with San Diego. San Diego has a deep, deep oh, player yes. pool. Yes, and, they do. you know, a lot of people in San Diego are celebrating because they said the top two players that rated in their system was not involved. And quite honestly, I'm not shocked by that. A, the Indians don't usually Mm-mm. go after the top player in an organization. Nope. Uh, not that they would not covet that person. They they see other aspects from from other they players. They see value in other players, yes. right? That they would mm-hmm. ra- they yes. rather see fit their organization. We'll see how it all winds down. I think it's potentially possible, you know, that they did okay. Like you said, I think this could be a potential win win. Yeah. And I figured this was going to be a big haul, and they got that. There was a great quote by uh, actually Mike Clevenger. I don't know if you heard this one. I or did not. not hear. I've heard anything today except for. Uh, just reading about the deal. All right. Uh, Mike Clevenger was asked about the trade today by, mm-hmm. by um, Zach uh, Meisel. And he went on to say, especially with the way the Indians uh, do things, which is they are there to win every year. So anybody has a price. Everybody has a price tag. And to think everybody in the organization knows that. There is no one that really is untouchable over there. So everything you have in it, is in the back of your mind. There wasn't really a timer on it, but you just knew that it was plausible this season or this off season being about the trade. And yeah, that's how the Indian organization works. So uh, he was asked about being the third pitcher traded in the past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Bauer of course got traded to Cincinnati and, and the three-way deal with San Diego. And then on the off season, when Corey Kluber got traded to Texas and now, uh, the third person of a anchor starting staff. Which mm-hmm. when did you ever see a team unload three their top three starters in one season? 
Never. Uh, it's you been years since, I mean, if, yeah. if you would have told me, Tim, last year, opening day, when I sat there and said, you know, Kluber's going to be gone, Ira's going to be gone, and Clemens going to be gone by the middle of next year, I would have said, you better get on top of that Guardian's bridge because you're, you're nuts. I could have seen Kluber. Um, but th- this is what you, you're, Tim, you're exactly right. This is what the Indians do, though. This is what they do. Um, especially since Chernoff and Antonetti. I think you can almost go back for the last 20 years. Yes. uh, I agree with that. They do a good job finding value in almost every trade they make. Yeah, they have. They don't make too many trades to go, holy crap, that was a terrible trade. Well, I want to say they do under-the-radar trades because that's not true. I think what they do is that what you mentioned earlier, they get value for their trades. They they actually use a lot of information to determine what they're looking for. Obviously, they do not have the largest budget. Mm-mm. And obviously, the pandemic is going to take a financial hit on this organization. So to see these changes is not unpredictable. Not no. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just not unpredictable. I mean, surprising is another yeah. way to say it. I honestly do believe that the Indians in the long term could be in good shape to do something special. Now, do they need more offensive help? Yes. yes. Obviously they do. This offseason, will Francisco Lindor be traded? Yes. yes. I cannot see it not happening. It will happen. You know, you have to come to grips with that if you haven't. He is not a Cleveland Indian beyond this season. No, he's playing his last 30 games as an Indian. Yeah. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he's not the first. You can go through the list. Many have come through. Is it disappointing as an Indian fan? Sure, it is. You would love to see one player be an anchor player where you said exactly. to a, to your fan base, to a young fan, to an older fan, that they wore the Cleveland Indian uniform. Their whole career. Or yeah. majority of their yes. career. You know, 10, 12 years. You know, you know the best years of their career. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to say that. No, those days are over. Well, yeah, and they've been long over. for a while, yes. Yeah, we, they've been... Really, going back to John Hart era. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, do I think the Indians have an opportunity to do something special this year? I th- well, it's such a short season, anything's possible. You never and, know. And when you get into a tournament scenario, which they will have come September or October, that's exactly where they want to be. Uh, give them an opportunity to play and go forward. And with this pitching staff still going forward, exactly. with, with Bieber as your number one, and Obviously, you got Savali. You got you know a, two young players. Plesac, McKenzie. Please, exactly. You got nothing but young guys. Yeah. But that's kind of the the wild card in this. You yeah. just don't know what they'll do. Will they? Most of the time, sometimes having a young player might be a benefit for it you. It is a benefit because they don't recognize the, they're unaware of yes. the of the it, highest level of competition that they're playing exact, in at the moment. Let's go out and throw. Yeah. Well, go out Jared Wright was a perfect example. I was of that. just going to bring that up to him. That that is a great point. That that is a great point. Not that it, a lot of times people will use the term naive or naive to the scenario, and I don't want to call it naive. But you're right. They just they go out there and throw the ball. It's it, Jarrett Wright in '97 was the perfect example. Tim, that is a great point. Well, you go back. Oh, what is it? I mean, you're talking almost 18, 17, 18 years ago when the Marlins won again the yeah. second time. That was a young pitching staff. That was the same time. Was that Dontrell Willis? Yeah, and they, well, he was kind of the anchor. Mm-hmm. They had the the young Josh guys. Josh Beckett, exactly. Yes. They mm-hmm. had, and what would they do? They just go out and throw. 
like you just mentioned, go out and pitch their game and give themselves an opportunity to win. And that's where the Indians have that opportunity. Now, difference is the Indians' offense is still suspect. I mean, only chance this team really has is if it catches catches on fire offensively come October or between now and October, mm-hmm. you see that run production go up by, you know, a run, a run, run and, and a half, half yep. you know, for the next month. Is that asking a lot? Yeah. It Do you is, expect yeah. it? Probably not. I don't expect it to go up. Uh, I think Naylor will give you a few RBIs and help you in the outfield in a sense of giving you a stick. But I don't think it's going to change. He's not going to move the needle big time. No, then, no, no. This is not adding Reyes, you know, mm. last year when you need that right-handed middle of the lineup batter. Uh, and it took him six weeks yeah. to, to really get, get going, himself yeah. going. And you've seen this week, this year, it took him about two and a half, three weeks to get going. And in the last two, three weeks, we've seen what he can do. And you don't have a Yasiel Puig in this trade where you had a, a legitimate Maybe. major league bat mm-hmm. every day. Now, Puig played, you know, better oh, than okay. average. Yeah. yeah, But he didn't move the needle that no, much. He no, he really didn't. He didn't He didn't drive in the runs that they hoped. And he didn't make any major differences, mm-hmm. I think, in you know, overall play. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see, you know. Uh, what happens from this point on? No, but if you this offense has been terrible. It's not, you know, it's not sugarcoated like you said. They, you know, this trade is not going to move the needle to where you go. Oh, this is not going to be a potent offense come October. Are signs lately that guys are starting to put it together? Naquin's playing really well the last two three weeks. So if he can stay there, as you mentioned, is starting to see the ball better. The key is Santana. Exactly. I was going to bring that up. If Santana can. You know, start hitting the ball, and he had a couple hard outs this week, and maybe they'll start to fall. Yeah, if you can get Antana going, then you got one through six there that, you know, formidable Naylor, Perez, and you know, whoever else you put in there, the Shield, somebody else. Like you said, this isn't going to move the needle that much. Naylor will give you a couple RBIs, but he's not going to give you. No, but if, if could... he, if okay. If he does bat 275 the mm-hmm. rest of the season and he's batting 7th or 8th, that's a huge improvement. From 152, absolutely, yeah. You know, and that's that's where the Indians need the help is, is 7, 8, and mm-hmm. 9. And hopefully, you know, a combination of him and maybe DeShields and a few others. Luplo? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think Jordan Luplo's days are numbered. Yeah, this – well, it has to be. I mean – a, you you definitely want him to get on track because he's on you know he's mm-hmm. he's part of your team and all that. However, uh, this trade definitely replaces him. I in the lineup most days. Uh, I think you can with the depth of the Indians outfield, meaning the players available. Mm-hmm. Lupro can be used as strictly as a defensive replacement if you think it really improves your team. Yeah, and I. And I'm not sure it does, be quite honest with I you. I would be shocked if he's not sent down or DFA'd here in the next couple of weeks and a Jake Bowers or maybe even an Oscar Mercado's brought up again. I don't see either one making this no? team. No. I think they would have been up by now. I think Mercado maybe, but I think Bowers would have – they would have brought him up if they really believed in him this season. I think this season he they've already made that choice. So you're going to – what the team you have right now is the team, team you're, you're riding ride out. Yep. Yeah. So barring injuries, sparring injuries. They want to ride Naylor and left and the shields in center. Yeah, a combination it's, of different center it's not fielders. Bad. It's common to, you know. Not great. 
Right. I mean, you have two or three guys. I think center field is more of a, a platoon situation. Yeah. And with Naquin and the Shields. Right. Well, Naquin have got to play. You're gonna right now. If I was gonna set the outfield, it would be Naquin in in left and and or Naquin in, in right and uh, Naylor in left. Mm-hmm. And and then center field is your platoon. Okay. And I can just, see that. Yeah. For the most part, Naquin deserves to be in the lineup. Naquin has the to be in really lineup. well. Oh. He's the only guy who's produced for you at the you know from the six six position down. I agree with this, and I know you and I had talked about it off the air a couple weeks ago when we watched the White Sox game together about switching up the lineup. And I don't. This is not going to happen. I'm going to say this now. This is not going to happen because this is not how the Indians work. They don't they don't show up the lineup. They keep it status quo to get guys. You know whether it's right or wrong. I'm not saying Yamar. I'm not making the lineup card. But I would almost even move Nick. Nake went up to four and Santana down to six just for a little bit. I'm not saying full time. I understand but... what you're saying. Uh, you know, here's the thing. I think just the way Sandy Alomar and uh, Tito Francona has run the, the lineup this year, they like the flexibility at the top yes, of the do. switch mm-hmm. hitters. So they don't have to go lefty-righty. It's already built in. Meaning, if they're facing a lefty, they have the righties. Yes. If they're facing a righty, they have the lefties, and that's built in at that top part of the of the mm-hmm. lineup. I I honestly believe that's going to not change. The, the where you can make differences is six, six through seven, eight, nine, yeah, yeah six the, the bottom half of the line is six through nine, and you know Naquin and Naylor could make a big difference with that extending your lineup. And right now, you, you look at Naquin as your lefty and Naylor as your righty. No, Naylor's a lefty oh, also. Naylor's yeah. a lefty, okay. So you'll probably go Naquin 6, Perez 7, and Naylor 8 to break up the lefty-lefty. Right, there. and yeah. then you have DeShields, you yeah. know, uh, or whoever's in center. DeShields, you know. Luplo, whoever, yeah. Yeah, whoever you, I mean, whoever you play yeah, in. It will be interesting to see. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if we can break it down any more than that, to be quite honest with you. I thought it was... Like you mentioned, a, a fair trade, a good trade for both teams. And here's the thing with trades. We won't know for three years. Exactly. I was just telling somebody off the air right now. That I said, what do you think of the trade? And I said, honestly, San Diego probably get the short-term benefit now. Sure. But you don't know for three or four years. You really do not know. Well, again, this is what the Indians do, uh, like it or not. Indians build for interchangeable parts. Exactly. They build for now, but they also build for right. the future. Well, they build for financial flexibility. Mm-hmm. They'll pay a player to a certain level, and when a player outperforms the level they can afford, they move on from that player. I'll say As simple as that. I'll say this, though, too. If Savali, Plesak, and McKenzie had not shown what they have, we're not even talking about this deal today. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously, death makes deals possible. Mm-hmm. Two things make either financial situation, meaning you have to move a player because you can't afford you're, it no more. And you're going to see that in the, the offseason. Or mm-hmm. B, you have a scenario where you have depth from a certain position, you're willing to deal with it. Most teams are the same way. San Diego was willing to make these trades with the Indians over the last few years because they coveted players who were available to their major league. Mm-hmm system today versus the players that they've had in their stockpile. They have had a great farm system that has produced a lot of players. So what were they looking to do? Obviously, they wanted a catcher in Mejia years ago. So that's why Brad Hand was, yep. you know, traded. 
that's what the Indians needed was an, another bullpen player, and they were able to get it. Uh, the second time, it was a three-way deal where the Indians coveted the outfielder. They covered mm-hmm. a shortstop coming from Cincinnati. Yep. They got that. Matter of fact, we get a shortstop who they least coveted yeah. back, but someone Two, that, yeah. that gives them depth. Yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, I you can go back and forth about how good or bad these players are. It's truth to the matter. You won't know. I haven't seen any of them play. I've seen Quantrill, Hedges. Yeah, you've and, seen the major league players. But you have not seen. But you didn't see them every day. No. So you have no evaluation of them mm-hmm. like I do. I mean, you look at the numbers. You look at these. You've seen them play a few games this, you know, last year or yeah. this year over the time. I knew who Naylor was. I knew yeah. who Quantrill was. I knew who Hedges was. I didn't, you know, I, I'm not going to say, oh, my God, look what they got. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Did the Indians improve their depth of catcher? Yes. Yeah. Did the Indians improve their, their outfield situation? The answer is yes. Did the Indians add in another arm to their bullpen for the stretch run? Yep. The answer is yes. So did the Indians get something out of it? Now, here's the question mark, and this is the big question mark going forward. You know, Plezak comes back. He'll pitch tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And But we don't know long-term. We know long-term that McKenzie is a guy that they believe in. Yes. And they rightfully so has always mm-hmm. been a highly rated player in the Indians organization. Question we don't know going forward is how he's going to handle the pressure of going out. We've seen him perform fantastic yes. in the first game in Cleveland and very mediocre in his second game where he was ha- he struggled. Did he get through four innings? Yes. yes. Did he was he able to keep you in the game for the most part? Mm-hmm. Yes. However, we don't know. He doesn't have many innings at this level behind him. So he's a yeah. huge question mark. He's yeah. number five on your on your death chart. Um, we knew what Polisak brings because we've seen him yep. last year and we've seen so him this, this year. year so far. Yeah. Right. Uh, this is how baseball is done, and we go forward from here. Uh, I think when you look at the top three on the Indians staff, you know, I you know, Carrasco, Bieber, and Plesak, yeah, I think you're you're you feel pretty confident with those top three, and that's the ones you're looking for in October. Uh, you're going to need a fourth pitcher. You'll have a choice of you know who you're going to choose, but I I do like those players going forward, and time will tell. But I thought it overall it was a, a you know, like I said, would I have predicted this trade? No. Would I predicted uh, San Diego? I would have said it was a good chance. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. I would have said, hey, yeah. makes sense to me. They've done it before, done and they it have every the, other year. They, yeah. and they have the players to play with. So, um, but yeah. Uh, and that goes forward. I know my my choices were San Diego, uh, Atlanta, Atlanta, yeah. You know, were two of my top choices, and I really were trying to avoid to keep them in the American exactly. League. Exactly, I was thinking and, that myself. And you know, if the deal was so good with the Yankees, which you know, obviously never materialized. Yeah, well, they didn't. They don't have a the, lot. To you're offer. exactly right. Did not did not have a lot to offer outside of Frazier. And the Indians already know what Frazier is. Yeah, they have the evaluation re- of him. There was a reason why they got rid of him. There was a reason willing to trade yes. him. I'm not saying that it, it was 100%. I'm just saying, uh, you know, it is what it is. And then you look at other players they evaluated a long time. Frazier is someone they knew and, ever, and the fans know. Mm-hmm. And we see him as the fourth, fifth outfitter in New York for the last two years, wondering why he hasn't been able. But you look who's in front of him. Judge. And, yeah, and, he, and he got, they're. Yeah. That's an off-season move for them. Mm-hmm. That's really not a seasonal move for them, and they'll they'll make it. 
they'll make that adjustment. Quite honest with you, they have the pocketbook to go out and get anybody they want yes, they at do. any time. Yes, they do. And they will make those type of decisions. That's what the Yankees are. Unlike Cleveland, who has much more of a scrappy mentality of uh, maximizing their money and yep. using players young, playing money ball, basically, uh, maybe to a next level that other teams haven't seen since since the originator in Oakland, and look at Oakland today. Speaking of Moneyball, Tim, do you know the top three seeds in the American League right now? Yeah. The A's, the Rays, and the Indians. Huh. So, and the uh, Yankees and Astros, what, five, six, something and like that? Here's, here's the scary thing. Here's the scary thing. When Boston was good, they had that mentality. Yeah. And they moved away from that mentality a few years ago. Mm-hmm. They won another World Series. They did. They, they did. got what they wanted. However, now they're gone back with... Uh, now they're cash-strapped again. Right, well, they went and got... Uh, uh, was it Hein Bloom, I believe is his name? As the, yeah. as the uh, GM yeah. uh, who came from uh, Tampa. Tampa, so, yep. So this is get not back a surprise. The... Yeah, yeah. They're going back. It's just a matter of time. That's why they were willing to trade Mookie Betts away. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, We'll see exactly where it all lands uh, long-term. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing teams make these moves, and... Uh, you know, they're in a rebuilding system. Now, they have the money to rebuild faster than other teams. Oh, so yes. But, yeah, watch watch for Boston to go in a, re, a rebuild system starting this offseason to uh, recalibrate their system and to uh, restart their, their, their run again. Now, and maybe two, three years down the road, they may be able to supercharge and get it done in one or two years. Yeah, we don't know. Uh, but I don't really think that's where they're I, headed. No, I think they're going a longer term, like you said, a longer a longer yeah. term rebuild yeah. than well, they need to re- year or two. They need to restock their... Oh, boy, their, that's bad. Well, that's what they did. They but they knew every, that going in, though, yeah. They, they knew what they were doing. They wanted to win mm-hmm. the World Series. They, they did, did a few years ago, and, and that's where they're at. So uh, we'll go from there. And uh, on a personal note or a fall note, high school football has begun, and if you have not heard, Anthony and I are back at it one more time with Matt uh, on Western Reserve Radio. This year we'll be covering the Ursuline Irish. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know all the numbers and, you know, uh, test numbers and all that, but Tim, for the first game in a weird, weird year that was kind of thrown together last minute, um, I thought, A, the play was pretty good. Uh, this one impressed me. You could definitely tell that Dan Reardon's a really good coach. Well, the, in sports and football, you always hear two things, and this goes on at every level. Sometimes the most improved team you're going to see, the team that improves the most from week one to week two mm-hmm. is where you see the biggest growth of your team because mm-hmm. you spent all summer getting ready. You played a game. Yep. Now you're able now to use some of the things that you did wrong and improve it. And sometimes mm-hmm. in week two, you see some of the biggest growth of a team. Same thing goes with a new coach. Yep. From year one to year two. And we already know Dan Reardon's history. We know how good of a coach he is. His second time around with Ursland. So, and they do have athletes. They they have athletes on the. Fast. They have athletes in the backfield. They have athletes on the outside. Uh, Their defense is much improved. That defense is fast and fundamentally sound. Again. We'll see this. We'll week. see this week against a really good fish offense. Exactly. I was going to say fish is no turn. You know, no, it's no. not going to be an easy task. Uh, and going forward, uh, you know, they got Borman in a few weeks, and they 
They have Mooney and others. So, yeah, so it's not, a, you know, six weeks is going to go quickly, and it's going to be really interesting following one team. So check us out on Western Reserve Radio. Most of the time we will be on the second stream uh, going forward. Springfield will be on the first stream with Jim and Bob Gessler. Boy, Springfield look good. Yeah, and, and then, again, I'm not surprised. No. Uh, that team has a lot of talent for their size and what they're trying to achieve. And we'll see, like I said, uh, congratulations to everybody for making the playoffs. Win or lose, if let, you go 0-6 or you go 6-0, and you've made the playoffs. Congratulations. Let, let me say this. Congratulations, and I don't know about other games or other facilities, uh, congratulations to YSU and Ursuline. Jenny as well. With everything going on, I thought it went off pretty well. Well, I'm not shocked. I mean, you're talking about a college-run uh, facility, and they have all the people there yeah. to make it run smoothly. And not saying that the the, the high school is not responsible for for many things. They, they are. are. But YSU did a great well, job. YSU is going to do a great job every time. I Shepherd mean, Parks and all those guys yeah, exactly. did a good job. And that's the thing you have to understand is they're going to have the place ready for them. Yep. And that's just the way it works. Uh, for example, let's say they were playing at Fitch or Bourbon these games. Mm-hmm. Fitch and Bourbon would have it ready. Yes. But they won't have the, the secondary support that you're going to no. get at YSU. No. And that's a huge difference. It's not even comparable. Let me uh... – this week should be pretty good. Uh, I think this. I think Russell and Chaney, or Chaney, I think Russell and Fitch can be a good game. It has a chance. To, I think it probably will be the highlight game, uh, the feature game and, uh, on all outlets this week. And you know, like I said, it'll be a great game to do. Looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. I know our partner Matt is. Overly stoked about doing Ursuline game, oh, being an Ursuline guy. Because Irish want to know with the big game this oh, week. Oh, gosh. So, the old Steel Valley, so, man. All I'm going to say is tune in, listen here, Matt. Matt will get a little excited at times, but that's who he is. We already know that. We love him. It's going to be a fun season. Uh, the only game where we don't have really permission to yet is the Bourbon game on the, the 11th, mm-hmm. uh, on September 11th. We'll see if we get clearance enough. Obviously, with uh, that being in Boardman, Boardman yeah. and not necessarily having the extensive rooms available that you have at YSU, we may not be doing that game. Uh, that also gives me the opportunity to possibly go over across the uh, state lines mm-hmm. to help them out over on Trib Live, and I, I'm hoping to uh, help them out during the week, either on a Thursday or a Saturday when they have uh, games over there as they're running into over I have not heard here in Ohio, and this is something I will have to ask uh, maybe the AD directors, mm-hmm. but have they had, in Pennsylvania, they're having problems filling the officials because mm. of COVID. I can understand that. I yeah. do too. So that's why games are being scheduled on Thursdays and Saturdays because some officiating crews are asked to double up. Yeah. Not just do, do a Friday, yeah. but to do a Saturday, do a Thursday, Friday, yeah. do a Thursday, Saturday. I'd end. have to ask uh, some of my officiating friends that are yeah. running into that problem. Yeah, it'll I, be interesting. I have not. I haven't heard it. Yeah, one or the other. I haven't heard that being reported, and I have not met an official to ask them. So uh, something I'll to keep that, an eye on. I'll make that call when we get off the air. Yeah, and we'll have that for you next week. And, uh. We're going to try to uh, get some more guests on across the uh, spectrum of sports, yeah, as we'll we always to, uh, do. 
we'll have to start doing uh, some high school football previews. We uh, did not think that at this time last week we'd be talking high school football. Well, uh, we're, we'll talk about it each and every week and going on. Um, I will do a shout-out, you know, to all those who are covering the game because they're mm-hmm. doing a great job, and it'll be a lot of fun this year. Yeah. And uh, like I said, on Western Reserve Radio, you will get – Springfield Tiger football and Ursuline Irish football the rest of the season. So that's where you want to be for the call of the game. Uh, the Springfield Tigers, uh, Jim Craven and Bob Gessler. The Ursuline Irish, of course, will be the three of us. It will be myself with Matt Amps and Anthony uh, support doing uh, the, the statistical uh, analysis of the game. And, my God, uh, that app worked fantastic, didn't it? Jim, uh... Yeah. story. Yeah, that uh, it was. It's funny because I've always been a paper and pencil kind of guy. I've always, you know, since my days of keeping score for baseball games and basketball games, as you know, mm-hmm. you have right in front of you that you know. Um, in our first two two and a half years, we That's did actually how you did it. We did paper and pencil. My first year, Tim, I made my own stat sheet because yes, we did. just we had no idea really what. And then after that, we transitioned to some. Uh, some sheets from uh, the Kansas High School Athletic Association and other states. And last year we were doing a scrimmage, and we're like, you know what? Let's give this a shot. And that app has worked. You know, outside of uh, time possession, that you know. Yeah, I'm not too concerned. But uh, that app has worked perfectly, and it actually came out to help uh, Coach Reardon and the Ursuline Irish. I uh, got a text. Was it Friday afternoon? I called mm-hmm. you. Uh, yeah. Ursuline stats went down, and uh, Coach Rudin reached out to us, and him, Matt, and I were able to send off uh, what we got to him. And Tim, I tell you what, I looked at it on my computer when I got home that night, and they look exactly how you pull them up on a college website. Yeah, you know it, what? I, it we, is phenomenal. One thing I've learned, Anthony, is when the game's over, just email it to me. Yeah. And I'll pull it yep. up on my phone, think, and I'll have even more stats yeah, than we normally I get. think Normally, we just give – the basic stats of mm-hmm. team stats, meaning yes. first downs, mm-hmm. you know, uh, turnovers, stuff mm-hmm. like that. That actually breaks down all the scorings, all the all the t- time possessions mm-hmm. and everything and individual um, stats. So yep. we'll have that. Um, if we – I think that's what we'll do from this on. Yeah. We'll just show we'll you email, how to, yeah. and just – and maybe we'll even post it uh, on the uh, Facebook or the or the uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm website. thinking about, uh, you know, since we're following one team this year, which yeah. is really nice. I really like that. Thinking about compiling into a Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, that'd and be just, perfect. You know. And um, keep a, a running stat rolling for each week. Yeah. You know, personal season stats and their opponent season stats. And, yeah. Um, yeah, might as can help well. one and Coach Reardon. Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, in, individually we'll know what. Exactly. Uh, what each player exactly. is doing. That's, so it'll uh, be a lot of fun. We'll have to uh, uh, print that out each week. We'll have to. And I'm going to make a personal announcement, too. Okay. Uh, you may not know this yet. Okay. But I had told you last week that uh, because of prior obligations, I would not be there Friday night. However, I'm going to try to do both, Tim. Oh, I yeah? Have a, I have a fantasy football draft at 7 o'clock. I have to be logged in at 6.30. But I'm going to do the stats for the Arizona game and draft my fantasy football team there. Why not? And I, I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, there's no reason why I couldn't just – do both my phone, and I, so I will be there Friday night at Stambaugh, uh, but it's only being a six-game season. I'm not going to miss out, and after watching Fix Saturday, the game could be really good. Yeah, that has a chance to be a really good game. I know my dad's excited about it as an Ursuline grad. Um, by the way, he 
enjoyed our call. Oh, that's good. So, yes, a personal announcement. I will be there Friday night. We're going to do both. We are going to do both, and we're going to uh, uh, keep helping, keep helping uh, Coach Reardon out and doing the best we can to cover the Irish this year. All right. So that's what's going on with us. We wish you nothing but the best coming week, and we will talk to you uh, next time here on Radio MVP. So for Anthony, I am Tim. We'll talk to you very soon right here on Radio MVP. Well, I lied. <laughs> We're not done. Breaking news. Do we have a sounder? No, no, no. That might be copyrighted. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> the Big Ten has reconfirmed by a vote of 11-3 to 3 to postpone the season and by Nicole Auerbach on The Athletic. On, October, on August 11th, the Big Ten first voted. It was the first Power Five conference to postpone the season. Of course, the Pac-12 did the exact same thing. And uh, the Chancellors voted today by 11-3 to 3 to postpone the fall season. And we'll talk about that right now. Go ahead, Anthony. Yeah. Uh, you know, just what Tim said, uh, that today the Big Ten basically reaffirmed that they are postponing the fall sports season. But today they released the presidents and chancellors vote of 11 to 3. Uh, the three presidents were Iowa, Nebraska, and Ohio State who voted against postponing fall sports. And it makes sense, especially Ohio State, they want to play. You see that team, they had come back this year, they had a chance to win it all. Um, so they didn't want to play. But this is big, too, because eight Nebraska football players late last week, I believe, um, had filed a lawsuit against the Big Ten uh, for their postponement of the season. Today, that was nixed and canceled, basically, by this vote. Well, basically, well, let me reaffirm that a little bit. Yeah. The lawsuit, they're going to ask for it to be dismissed because they are going to say they're going to be transparent uh, with their reasoning behind this uh, Big Ten commissioner, Kevin mm-hmm. Warren, and Northwest uh, Northwestern President Monte Shapiro, chairman of the mm-hmm. league council, uh, made the announcement the league needs at least 60% mm-hmm. of the league to uh, postpone the mm-hmm. season. They surpassed that. They would have been the number of nine t- uh, schools to vote yes. They had 11 schools vote yes uh, to postpone the season. And uh, what it doesn't say in this article is when the next season will begin. And all indications from the very first announcement back early on August 5th was a spring football season. And possibly starting after the new year, I'm guessing just from the information that we have had in front of us, that will go forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, possibly, maybe a little earlier. It's 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 all in flux. That has not been determined or announced going forward. And yeah, you're gonna have a lot of disappointed players. You're gonna have a lot of disappointed coaches and a lot of disappointed fans. But uh, there was, you know. This is a majority decision. This is almost, uh, you know, when you get basically 80% of the uh, the vote one way, it tells you everything that you knew. Um, the Big Ten is aware of at least 10, 10 cases of um, myocarditis inflammation of the heart that can lead to increased uh, sudden cardiac arrest in athletes. And that right there, Tim, I think, is the straw that broke the camel's back, especially... I believe the offensive lineman from Indiana had that. Um, and that is... Yeah, it's serious. You, yeah, because especially after... Um, let me 
let me preface this statement by saying the Big Ten would have made this decision based on those facts no matter what. But considering they've had deaths from Maryland in their own conference in years past because of heart problems, you you cannot take that chance at all. And you know what? They were advised by two independent medical groups that confirmed, yeah, this is you know, this is what happens when you get COVID. I know there's a lot of disappointed fans and players and coaches and no football game is worth jeopardizing your health. Well, here's the thing, and this is what it's going to come down to, and this is where fans, players, coaches, Mm -hmm. many of us will make an emotional decision versus looking at the facts, understanding the facts, and understanding the risk involved for those not just playing, Mm -hmm. but those who are supporting the play. The universities have a risk level that they're not willing to take. You may agree, you may disagree with that. That's what this comes down to. These universities are going to protect themselves, number one, and then move forward. And they're going to they're going to support their decisions with the facts that they have in front of them and present them as if, as they are. You may dispute those facts, or you may not agree with those facts. This is what they chose to do. And I can accept that. Uh, I'm disappointed as a football fan, everybody wants it. to understand where we're at as a country dealing with this disease and the lack of response that we've had and the lack of knowing what to do. There's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of government cover-up right now, in my opinion, not to get conspiratorial. We don't have the independency that we should have in certain areas in the government that uh, continue to um, be handcuffed. And I believe right now a lot of that is a lot of misinformation going out as factual information, which is unfortunate um, reality. And we may not know for months in the future how and if that information that has been changed recently Mm -hmm. is propaganda or it was actually fact. And we won't know until things change in this country. And I don't know. I'm not going to predict the future. That's my opinion where we're at. Yeah, like I said, no football game is worth risking somebody's health over. Um, you know, I know it was pretty disappointed. You, you mentioned you're disappointed. We're, you know, we want to see football this year, and I will for the for at least one game September 12th uh, with my Irish. How far after that they go, who knows? Um, oh, they're playing on September. Yeah, September 12th. Yeah, against Duke. Duke. Duke, and they play. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, they're playing in the in the uh, in the ACC and then, uh, that year. Uh, South Florida after that, so I'll see football. Uh, got the unfortunate email today that uh, no season ticket horrors allowed. So, first year in my life not attending a game at Notre Dame is going to be yeah, kind of I mean, this, but, is, this is the reality. But you know we're, what, we're though, facing. Uh, still be able to watch it hopefully. But uh, yeah, it's going to be difficult. It's just, you know this is you you'd rather not play now and keep as many people as you can save than play and you know have a season and say this person that person get covid and in five years they've heart problems it's it's not worth it it's not worth well, it. well there's a lot of scenarios of people and i'm no i'm no lawyer Mm-mm. i don't play one on radio or on a podcast i'm not going Mm-mm. to uh, advise anybody to do anything i will say this uh, i heard a lot of things that doesn't make sense to me out there It'll, no player, right mind, should sign ever a waiver 
of reliability under the circumstances we're living under. Absolutely not. And I believe personally that a lot of that probably could be overturned. I could be wrong. Like I said, I'm no judge. I'm no lawyer. Um, We'll see. Uh, I don't wish anybody or any ill-concealed things going on forward. We already know about the outbreaks in certain schools Mm -hmm. that are going on, including Notre Dame. Yes. And others, and look, there's a lot. Alabama's got, what, 600 new cases almost? Well, my point is, we know this is going to happen because you get young people gathering. Most young people are under the assumption that we are, I mean, we can can handle it. It's not going to kill us, you know. Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is anybody and anybody can get this disease. How it affects you, I'm not going to predict. Uh, you may be out for two weeks. You may be out for three months. I'm not, you know, let we'll let the medical experts deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm disappointed that there's no football season at the collegiate level in Big Ten era. I understand why there isn't. I support their decision. I move forward. I look forward to the second part of the football season in the spring or late winter. Whatever the case may be, after Christmas or right before mm-hmm. Christmas, I have no idea what the schedule will be. Uh, but, yeah, I think it could be fun. Now, will certain players choose not to play? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. What, though? And you can't blame them. I, I don't blame them I either way. I support them. Well, here's the thing. Here's an interesting question. As someone like, for example, Justin Field, who put out a petition yes. and all this mm-hmm. to play now. Now, granted, he has his own reasons for it. And, A, he believes he has a team that can compete for a Absolutely. national title. And all that good things. And and, and he could win a, a, a Heisman and yeah. all the uh, accolades and be the number one pick in the NFL. I mean, he has a lot to gain yes, he does. if they play in the fall. The question is, does he have the leadership to play in the spring if? if a good question. Yeah. If he it's has his really leadership now to put all this forward, mm-hmm. does he have the leadership to lead his team in, in the, the spring, spring yep. and say, I have an obligation to my teammates yep. in my school? It'll be really interesting. You know, and I'm not saying he has to because I understand the world we live in and the millions of dollars that are at stake. Mm-hmm. When you get down to a philosophical level, it's about leadership. Mm-hmm. He's showing You're lead- right. He has shown leadership. Ever since the announcement came in early exactly. August. Now, will he show leadership saying, I will lead this team in any game that is that yep, is exactly. on the schedule you know, for the spring? We'll s- and that's really what it comes down to because we're going to find out what type of leader he is. And I'm not taking away from his talent or telling him that he needs to. But we're going to find exactly. out where, yeah. where, his, where in the end his leadership begins and ends. That's all I'm saying. Tim, that's a great point. That is a great point because, like you said, there are a lot of positives to playing when they, if they ever have a season this year. And there are some reasons why you can be okay. I can see why you're not going to play. Uh, the knee injury he had last year, the it's too, you know, worth that millions of dollars. But you've kind of been the leading charge of the Big Ten. Uh, I don't think, and I could be wrong. But I don't think um, eight Nebraska football players would have filed a lawsuit if Justin Fields was not so vocal about playing and did not go about with the petition and everything. Um, like I said, I could be wrong, but you're right. We're going to see if he is true captain that he was going to be this year if no matter when the game's played, no matter who you're playing, you suit up and play. 
there's times in life all of us will face to make decisions that we don't want to make or make decisions that affect us going forward. I'm not wishing anybody bad, no. ill, or inopportunity. Uh, but if you're going to be this vocal to play in the fall, my question to you is, are you going to be that leader who leads your team in the spring? Because that's the exactly. plan right now. Exactly. You may not like it, but this is the reality you live in. You, you, have can, to live be able in, to you can live in fantasy land mm-hmm. and say these things and be this vocal, or you can be flat out the leader that you say and show that you are right now. That's all I'm putting out there. You have to be there. able to adapt. You have to be able to adapt. And everybody Wilson. in this country, in this world, has been forced to adapt since the middle of March. Yes. You've done it. I've had to do it. We've all had to do it. Let's find out. We're, Let's find out. That's what this is all about. What's going on at the high school level in Ohio? What's mm-hmm. going on in the high school levels across this country and the decisions they made? It's all about leadership. And we're going to find out who is, you know, if they're going to pull it off or not. It doesn't mean they're right or wrong if they pull it off or they can't pull it off. What it tells you is what type of decision making, how they did it. Was it emotional? Was it fact based? Mm-hmm. Was it done <clears throat> with the kids in mind? Was it done for themselves? Those are a lot of questions we won't know as t- as mm-hmm. as I say as the Indians made the trade. We won't know the answers of the, how good or bad this trade was until you're down the road because of the players involved. It's not even mm-hmm. even. Uh, I mean, it is a lot yes. for a, uh, a very important yes. player right now. But what's going on with COVID and all these decisions making? Two years from now, maybe three years from now, we'll be able to look back and and say. Were these good decisions? Were these mm-hmm. bad decisions by Notre Dame and Ohio yep. State and uh, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and, you know, the other schools and, and conferences that are playing this fall? I'm not here to say they, they got it right or they got it wrong. We, we don't know. know. We and do we won't know. know next year. We'll know two, three years from now. And that's the hardest part. And that's what leadership is. That's what decision-making is. And unfortunately, uh Many decisions today are emotional. I think we all have done that, and I'm not excluding myself from it because we we all made emotional decisions. And sometimes we regret them. Sometimes we're thrilled that we made them, and we'll find out long term. But yeah, the Big Ten reconfirmed their their vote, and Ohio State changing their vote is not a big surprise to me because uh, they have to protect them. They have to like any school. When you have such a outcry, mm-hmm. players talking about it, maybe it was best for them going forward to back their players. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm not saying that was the decision making. But maybe they had to change. It. Maybe they had a change of 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 information. But we'll know uh, going forward. This is not. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to try to politicize this. I honestly believe these are universities trying to make the best decisions for themselves and as a group and as a conference. Now, you may disagree with it. I My question to you is, are you making an emotional decision when you say you disagree with it? Or are you agreeing because it's an emotional decision because maybe uh, you had fa- family and others who've been uh, affected by this disease? I'm not going down that road. I'm just going to say there's a lot of questions and a lot of things going on. And... Big Ten made their decision. Mm-hmm. Iowa, Nebraska, and Ohio State tried to change opinions. They were unable to do it. You move on. We know what's going to happen next. There's going to probably try to play a season this spring. Will that happen? I can't say yes. 
I can only say right now I expect it to happen. I won't be shocked if, it if they happen. postpone yeah. the entire year and say we're just not playing in 2020 and we'll regather and play in 2021 in the fall. That could still happen, and it's on the table in my opinion, though no one's talking about it. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, it's uh, not earth-shattering breaking news, but reaffirming news that uh, Big Ten will stand by their postponement of the fall season. And let's just hope that the next time we see Ohio State Michigan and Penn State and all those schools that we're not talking about this anymore. That's, yeah. Well, that's so, everybody's. Everybody wants to talk about what's on the field. And I've posted it on Facebook and other places from the very beginning. I had a fortunate opportunity to work at a, a university. And when major decisions are made, they're made by the presidents and the yeah, chancellors. absolutely. And their final decisions, they hardly ever, no, they don't, hardly they don't ever, probably less than 1% across the nation on they any decision know. has ever been overturned. And I just don't expect that to happen Look, now. And that's just the way it works. That's the reality of what you're dealing with. Many people making emotional decisions and emotional pleas. I get all that. But when these university presidents made these decisions, and this goes across the board, this goes at the Division Two level, the 1AA level, mm -hmm. and the Division One level, uh, no one did not want to play this fall. The reason they did it is because they believe it's the best yeah. choice. And you may or may you may or may not emotionally agree with it or understand the facts mm -hmm. and, and agree or yep. disagree with it. I, and I can live with either or. But when, like I said, uh, emotional decisions usually are, are just that. We all make them. And I get it. And I'm not saying you can't have an emotion here. Uh, sports is all about emotions. Yeah, I, you're exactly right. Sports incite a lot of emotions from us. We are emotional earlier. We're going to be emotional in the future. Um, no, we were... Obviously, I was a little emotional uh, Thursday night walking in because the only time I walk in the standball this year is to cover high school football games. It's going to be bittersweet. Love covering high school football games. Honored that we get to do it at a state-of-the-art facility. Um, but it's going to stink not being there on the Saturdays. It, it's going to stink, you know. And I know a lot of times I've I've walked out of those gates after some bad losses. But, man, I'd give anything to walk in those gates right now. Well, I'm looking forward to the potential possibility of playing in the spring. Hey, and Memorial Day in Frisco sounds pretty nice, doesn't well, it? Well, I don't know what what the plans will be in the spring for any of these schools, but let's just let's get there and let's hope that we play and we go from there. We have just like high school football. I said whatever the decision they made, I can live with. Mm -hmm. If they postpone it, I, I quite I honestly would agree to agree more. Uh, I think the way they made this decision this year in high school football was. Uh, by default versus mm -hmm. by uh, leadership and uh, action. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, like I said, a lot of the decisions they made late mm -hmm. could have been made uh, back in June and yep. we would have been much more prepared for what's coming this fall. Uh, but again, the decisions that were made for the mm -hmm. Big Ten and the Pac-12, let's go forward. Let's find out if the, the Rose Bowl, who says they would like to get involved and have a Rose Bowl game in the spring for these two conferences. Let's hope it happens. Mm -hmm. And let's go from there. Let's go with the idea. If you're a football fan, a Big Ten fan, Ohio State fan, whatever you may be, a Pac-12 fan, let's go forward and, and hope that everything works out, that they play in the spring or late winter, and that there is a chance to have a Rose Bowl between those two conferences. Let me say this. Forward. 
instead of, and we're all guilty of this, but instead of, you know, being so rigid and being like, well, oh, the spring season's not going to be the same because this, this, and this. Let's just, if we get a spring season, let's enjoy the hell out of it because I know for one thing, if Ohio State plays Michigan November 28th or whatever day it was, or April the 25th, it's still going to mean a damn lot to these teams. And if YSU plays Northern Iowa October 3rd, they play Northern Iowa June the 10th, we're still going to want to beat the brains out of Northern Iowa. You know, it's let's just adapt and enjoy when we get football back. Because it won't matter what time of year it is, it's football back. Well, that's exactly it. And I will make this final statement before we go. Uh, look at all the people who supported the XFL and the AAF the last few years that went to games and yep. watched them on TV in a spring. Right. Um, this will be better football. So yep. let's hope for the best. And whatever goes forward, let's just hope they play and that we compete and that we have something going forward. And let's put it to bed. The Big Ten and the Pac-12 are not playing this fall. Let's move on as football fans in this area and then get ready for a second football season uh, a few months from now. I heard on the radio today, Tim, I'll make this quick, that uh, everyone whose teams are not playing in the fall should adopt a team that is playing in the fall. So, with that being said, uh, YSU and Ohio State are not playing this fall. Tim, I am offering you to adopt the Irish as your team this fall. You can jump on board for 10 games. Come on, you really want to root for Clemson. I want already, to root for Florida State. I've you already, want to, come on. I've already said many times, I never root against Ohio. Another day in the West, we're playing Ohio State. Well, so, enough said. There you go, Tim. All right. With that in mind, we will talk to you, honestly, the next time here on Radio MVP. For Anthony, I am Tim. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs>